Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornets Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Mike Petrusky, Director at iOffice. He's here to talk with us about managing employee experience in a hybrid world. Thanks for being here, Mike. And if you would, please introduce yourself a little further. Tim, it's great to be here. It's an honor. I've met you before at Cornet Global Summit, and I love the work you do as a fellow podcaster. So uh, thanks for having me on your show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, as we mentioned briefly before going live here, I am the host of a podcast like this one that speaks to the world of corporate real estate and facility management. We call it the Workplace Innovator Podcast. Some of your Listeners may already know me as DJ Mike P. I do like to interview <laughs> my guests and share a little bit about music, the 80s, movies, everything I, everything I needed to know about the workplace and the human beings that occupy those spaces, Tim, I learned from a 1980s song or movie. So I like to make that part of my routine. But <laughs> uh, the story of how I got here at iOffice is a good one, I guess, for me. I'm just so uh, honored to be a part of the marketing team where we have always been known for putting out great content, research reports, blogs, white papers. And then when I joined the team three years ago, we started the podcast Workplace Innovator. But my longer term story goes back to college where I had the chance to be a radio DJ, first at the local Virginia Tech radio station, and then later at a real commercial rock station down in Southwest Virginia, the New River Valley's home of rock and roll, Rock 105 FM. So, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that's where I got my DJ ambition. But, but fast forward through a life of sales and marketing and stumbling into the world of the built environment, the real estate world, the facility management world. And about 15 years ago, I joined this community through IFMA, through Cornet, and as a marketer, was looking at the way the relationships between, you know, our industry partners, as I call them, the vendor companies, the software providers, the solution providers, and how they were approaching our practitioners. And I said, hey, you could do this better. You could be more effective by telling a story of your value proposition, share your experience, your expertise through things like video and podcasts. So I started a show called the FM Innovator Podcast, where I encouraged facility managers to be an FM innovator. And then that led to the workplace innovator show where I am privileged to speak to so many of our community's leaders. Fantastic, Mike. It sounds like we were living the same life back in the 80s, except I was never a DJ, but I'll bet you were spinning favorites from the Eagles, Boston, Led Zeppelin, Loverboy, et cetera, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Tim. You know, it's funny you bring up Loverboy because pre-pandemic, wasn't everybody working for the weekend? <laughs> But nowadays, is there a difference between Monday, Friday, Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday? I don't know. Is there a demarcation in your life between, you know, Friday and the weekend? <laughs> I get it. I think you're exactly right. You know, uh, the world has changed with the pandemic, and I know what you mean. Uh, a lot of differences now when we're working remotely, and we're not keeping that, you know, that Monday through Friday nine to five schedule. So absolutely, that's a great, uh, that's a great lead into our first question here. 
<laughs> great, great. Well, I'm the king of segues, as we say in the radio biz. <laughs> you just you just handed it to me right across the fat part of the plate. So let's nice. go. Um, <laughs> let's go with this as as the first question. In your view, how has the pandemic changed the way we think about work and the workplace? Wow. Well, how hasn't it, right, is the better question. I think uh, the biggest thing I can tell you from talking to many of my podcast guests, and I've heard this from multiple sources, but work is not where you are. Work is what you do. And this held true for some of us. I was a remote worker before COVID-19 changed everything, but I learned a lot in the transitional period from the original quarantine through this past year about my own needs and you know, requirements for being a productive, healthy, happy individual. And I think all of us have kind of been through a, an event, a, a traumatic event for many, and certainly we don't wanna diminish the, the terrible tragedy that the pandemic has been for, for many families. But as workers and as knowledge workers specifically, who is mostly our audience of corporate real estate and facilities folks, they're taking care of corporate offices and the big, big, thing that has changed is that kind of a light bulb has happened whereas we suspected a lot of the strategies around flexibility and remote work and you know doing things in a particular way was something that we had as workplace leaders the chance to influence and we learned very quickly through this work from home distributed experiment that there's some good things about what we've learned and there's some negatives potentially and i th think here after a year we have a lot more to discuss. And I think there's going to be plenty for you and I to discuss on these podcasts going forward. Exactly. And I couldn't agree with you more. The better question really is what has the pandemic not changed? And, um, and there will be plenty to talk about. And, you know, in my experience, Mike, you know, I've been working remotely part of the week for many years because I've traveled a lot with my work for Cornet Global. And I know that remote working works as, as you do as well. And yet we know we need that face-to-face -face contact in the office. So we're going to be coming back to the office this fall. And I'm looking forward to being able to see my coworkers uh, in person again. It'll, it'll mean a lot. Oh, same here. I can't wait for that human interaction to get back on a plane, to travel to a Cornet Global conference, to be in front of my colleagues and customers and coworkers, all those things. I, I realized one of the lessons I learned was how much energy and creativity and innovative thought comes from those experiences. And I didn't really know that it was so important to me until I lost it and didn't have it. So in many cases, we've all had to rethink and even redefine you know, what we want work to be and what the workplace is. And I think that to answer your question about, you know, things that have changed, I've noticed over this series of podcasts I've done for Workplace Innovator, that we have to be careful about how we use terminology. In fact, I did an interview with uh, some research professionals at Verdantix in the UK. They're a research advisory firm that looks at workplace, smart buildings, technology. And last fall, they were giving a report of kind of a mid-pandemic, if we want to look backwards in time, and we called it the future of workplace experience. Well, that's a term I used pretty much interchangeably with other terms. And then I realized as I did a recent interview about some new research that Verdantix had done, we needed to rethink that. And we called it the future of work and the new meaning of employee experience. So employee experience differing from workplace experience because we as employees of organizations experience our work and our work connectivity to others and our organizations 
regardless of whether we're in a physical office, in our homes, or in a third space. And that was a big light bulb moment for me. Exactly. Now, Mike, the word safety uh, comes to mind. Safety is a top level concern for employees as they think about going back to work. So my question to you about that is what do corporate real estate leaders need to think about to ensure a safe return to work? Yeah, that's a big one, Tim. It's something that we've been talking about since the very beginning over a year ago. I think the conversation again has evolved and it started out with a lot of the physical safety requirements. But as I look at it here now in the spring of 2021, the future looking, you know, person inside of me and all I'm, all I'm hearing from my guests and the experts I speak to is that we're going to have to face some real challenges around what people are calling re-entry anxiety. So it's not just about cr creating a safe environment and then convincing the workforce that the place in which they will come to work is safe. And the question is, how do you do that? What are the things? There's different opinions about whether you, you know, show them a lot of signage and a lot of distancing rules and protocols. You give them, you know, visibility when it comes to the facilities and maintenance team, cleaning space, you know, giving them information around when the last time this particular space was cleaned. I think all that's good, but at what point as human beings do we either tune it out or see it as a negative? Because if you see a smell, a chemical smell from a cleaning, then you may be reminded that there's a pandemic going on. And maybe right. we don't want that in our workplaces. So I'm I'm still divided. And I, I ask my guests that question a lot. What do you think, Tim? Do you think people want to see and smell the the chemicals or do you think they want to see a lot of yellow and black signage or do you think we want to get into work know it's safe because it has been taken care of properly by our professionals but not be reminded of it at every every turn can i ask you that yes and, and I'll, I'll go for the second of those two options i think the employees are going to want to know that it's being taken care of that it's safe it's healthy and that the proper things are being done but yeah i don't know that they need a you know a by the moment by the hour reminder uh, of you know uh the the signage and and these notifications so i think if they have confidence in the real estate facilities team that it's being done properly it's being cleaned that's what they'll that's what they're going to want to know there it is. And that you've struck a, a chord with me because how do we communicate to the workforce? How do we tell people and build that trust? Give them the, the information that they want and require to feel safe, but not let the default setting of negative bias fill in any blanks. So as we look at this issue of physical safety, yes, but also emotional safety. You know, what what do we want as human beings when we come into a public setting these days? If we're talking about our, our public experiences, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back out to seeing a ball game or going to a movie theater, but I'm going to want to know that I can feel comfortable there. And in the workplace, you know, people are going to want to be communicated about protocols. They're going to want the employees that they're working with to, to share that, you know, level of seriousness, I believe. And how do we do that as workplace leaders? Well, I think we have th some things we can control and some things we can't, but when it comes to addressing this issue of emotional safety, we wanna be in the lead and, and part of that conversation and then using technology, using the branding of the company, the culture of the company to communicate a feeling of safety. And then you have this idea of psychological safety, which we probably don't have time to get into. You know, Do you feel like you can really share your true feelings or the concerns you have? with your employer mm -hmm. without consequence? I don't know, that's gonna be a challenge. 
Exactly. Those are good questions. And uh, I guess that will play out over the next uh, three to six months or so. Yeah, I think we are not, we're, we're in the midpoint of a journey here, kind of in a transitional phase. And as the offices really become reopened in mass and the decision is made, hey, we welcome you back, folks. What, what are human beings going to do? And I think there's no one size fits all, as I'm sure we'll talk about more. This new hybrid approach is going to be an important one. But with that comes new challenges and opportunities. I'm a positive, optimistic guy, Tim. So I want to focus on the <laughs> opportunities we have as corporate real estate and facilities leaders to make a difference for our team. Love that. I'm optimistic too. The glass is half full. And I think that kind of attitude and spirit will carry us all a long way as we move into this, uh, this sort of new world that we're about to enter into. Hope so. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's great. So um, this next question, I think, is a, uh, is a nice follow on to what we just talked about, which is how will employees use the office differently, maybe after the pandemic? You know, how will they negotiate through the spaces? Are they going to want that collaborative open space? Are they going to want more fixed spaces? You know, how do you see that evolving given everything that's happened? It's a great question, Tim, and I think it's one that we have an idea about and everybody has a theory about, but we still don't know what we still don't know. So my approach to this question is to say, as workplace leaders, let's be flexible. Let's be agile. Let's do the things that we know how to do well, control what we can control, and be ready to make a change if necessary. So we can do that using strategy that have, again, been around for many, many years, things that we've been talking about at Cornet Global for a long, long time, things around flexible work and agile workplaces and different spaces and using technology, right, to make those spaces accessible and adaptable for the needs of individuals, different departments, different individual workers, and different personality types. So I think there's a real opportunity to advance and accelerate the adoption of technology tools that many organizations were using pre-pandemic, but many who were caught in the situation we're in now and heading and planning into a future that is still a bit you know, unknown, they're not sure what tools they'll need, what strategies they'll need to deploy and how to do it best. So that's where this community of Cornet and other uh, others that I'm a part of, my workplace innovator community is having the, they're having those conversations and trying to help each other. Exactly. I think also I'll say that, you know, as we reimagine workspaces and we, we rethink how those spaces will be used that, you know, we can lean on some of the research that Cornet's done, that Verdantix has done, and really understand that because different people have different needs, different generations look at things differently. I, I love this conversation around, you know, the pre-pandemic world where we were trying to create these incredible employee experiences to, first of all, you know, maximize that experience to bring happier employees, which we all know leads to more productive employees. And we wanted to make that a priority to, you know, lead to better business outcomes. That's what it's all about. But then we also wanted to retain our existing talent, attract new talent. And we wanted to use the workplace, the workspace as a place to differentiate our organization from another down the street. Well, that's still going to be the case. I think now it's going to be redefined again. This whole idea of the next frontier, what people will want has changed. And our eyes have been open to what we really truly need. And while some of us who are very comfortable in a home office environment or a you know, hybrid situation where we come in one or two days a week to an office to meet with our team, but we are very effective outside of that situation. 
we don't maybe need all the amenities that were being built into real estate and workplace decisions before the pandemic, but then I'm not the same as a person in their 20s starting their career and starting their journey where the amenities that an office or an employer offers is essential to their social life and to their connection with friends and to their the gym where they get to work out and the food they get to eat. All those things have to be mm -hmm. managed differently depending on who we're talking about. So I think that's where we get into some of these, you know, define and understand our workforce first, find out what their needs are, aligned, of course, with our business and what our outcomes we're looking for are. And as workplace leaders, we get to have an impact on where we take things going forward. Exactly. So I think we agree on this. There's some great opportunities ahead of us for corporate real estate professionals to make a big difference in crafting those workspaces that address the needs and, and provide that value. And so my question here is about data. We need better understanding. We need not just educated guesses. We need facts. We need evidence. We need data. What role will data play in helping CRE leaders design and occupy those great workplaces? Yeah, indeed. Your audience, Tim, is a sophisticated one. They know about technology. They know about sensors. They understand occupancy, and that's their business. That's their expertise, right? So that will continue to play a big role here, but I've been alerted to the fact that you know, occupancy data in and of itself is not enough. You know, there's something called thin data. Is this space occupied versus is this space not occupied? And something called thick data, which is why is this space not being used or why do people choose to use this particular space? And now with the, you know, hybrid workplace approach and people coming in, not every day, but every other day or, or two days a week, when will they need that? space made available to them. So there's the opportunity. You just addressed it, right? We can use technology. We can use tools like sensors, but also combine that layer it with what we know about the people, the human side. I love this part of it. Work with our HR team, work with it, work with marketing, the, the, you know, people behind the holistic view of an organization that will help us build a culture where we understand different roles, different responsibilities, different people and personality types get a real sense of who they are, their persona. That's something that the Verdantics research report talks about, understanding personas and aligning them with the business's outcome and the needs of the business, and then delivering a flexible mixed bag of space and, and, and choice and control and technology that will bring this all together. So I think data is going to play a big, big role going forward. Exactly. So do I. And I love the distinction you drew there between thin data and thick data. So important. It makes all the sense in the world. And I also particularly love the fact that you mentioned partnering because Cornet Global has been talking about the need to have effective partnering between CRE and HR and IT and other uh, key infrastructure functions. And this pandemic has produced a, a golden opportunity for more and more partnering in a way that really matters. And I think we're going to see some real, real headway on that on that objective in the now and in the months ahead. Yes, indeed. Wasn't it just a couple of years ago? I, time has escaped me, obviously, in this pandemic life, Tim. I don't know whether it was a year ago or five years ago, but there was a Cornet Global Summit, which talked about the need to break down silos and bring those teams together. And I think it's more important now than ever. Exactly. And now, Mike, my, my last question, um, I office has completed a very nice report recently on managing the employee experience in a, in a hybrid world. And it does talk about the importance of developing those, those personas you mentioned moments ago, developing these user 
personas. That also really resonates with me. Can you explain a little bit more about what those personas are and why you think they're so crucial? Yeah, I love this question, Tim, and I love this idea, and I've heard it from many of my corporate real estate and facility management practitioners as they're planning the future for their organization and their team. So again, starting with what we know about our business and what the needs of our organization are going forward. And then let's understand the workforce. Let's understand the people. So our personas as individuals in an organization can be made up of many things. What is our role? What is our team? You know, we're a part of, were, were we part of a neighborhood? Were we part of a, a type of work that requires collaboration? And if so, how often and how much, but by working across again, the departmental boundaries with HR, with IT, with our friends in different areas of the company, build out this picture of all the different personas, defining the activities that are important to them. What occupancy will they need in this next frontier? And then what spaces are needed? What kind of spaces will they be using? And then from that information, you, you build a picture that can bring a mix of flexible working policies together that are based on what we know about these different personas in our workforce. And then you give that flexibility and choice, depending on the persona, depending on the role, you may be able to give more or less flexibility and keep in alignment with this broader, more holistic view of the organization. So a, a remote person like me who is you know, involved with events and my marketing team, I can be out on my island here in Washington, DC, while my marketing team is largely based in Houston, Texas. But once a quarter, I'll come in and I'll need a space to work for a week. That can be accomplished. If you're in more of a, you know, software development team where you're constantly working with your teammates and there's a lot of need to, to be together and throw ideas around, innovate, create those, you know, those great outcomes with the software, for example, that's another need, another uh, space and occupancy requirement that organizations need to care for. So, but again, I think a lot of this stuff in bringing it back to the beginning and how we started this conversation, a lot of it has changed. We've learned through the pandemic over the last year plus that even software teams can use asynchronous work to be very effective and very productive. And many of us have been very productive. What I like to focus on, Tim, and I think this is the conversation we'll be having in the months and even years to come is, you know, this new shift, and I hope it's not new for everybody, but this amplified need to understand the people, the human beings in our workforce, understand what their need is, yes, based on their role, but also based on their personality and what makes them an effective worker. I think if leadership and workplace leaders can build out the flexibility and choice and and show and communicate that we do understand that there is no one size fits all for the workplace of the future, that there are different types of work and there are different ways of approaching things. And we want to give you the way that works best for you and makes you the most productive person you can be, but also takes care of your emotional needs and your physical needs and all those things that's going to bring the best outcome. So if I can kind of wrap it all together and bring it all together, there's a story I used to tell years ago. I think it's appropriate to bring it back if you don't mind. It's an 80s movie reference. Are you are you up for this, Tim? Love it. Love it. You remember the John Hughes classic, The Breakfast Club, right? Yes. So if those of you who don't remember or if you're not old enough to know, there was a movie back in the 80s where members of different cliques within a high school community were brought into detention on a Saturday to serve out time for some misdeeds they had. So this idea of bringing communities together that don't necessarily work with each other, 
siloed communities, the jock, the princess, the popular girl, the nerd like me, the geek who was out, you know, watching Star Wars in the 80s, whatever it might be, you know, you bring these folks together and they were forced into a room for detention. And at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, they learned to get along. They learned they had more in common mm -hmm. than not. Think about that in terms of workplace and real estate. Here we are. I know that in Cornet and in other organizations, you've got different audiences, of course, and you want to cater to them, but we also have these silos that we've had, you know, the world of real estate, the world of FM, the world of HR, the world of IT. And, and in the past, maybe we didn't always communicate well together. We had different clicks, but if we can use this experience of the pandemic where we've all been in it together, we've all been quarantined, we've all been adapting and learning how to better manage our work and personal lives and have we have this empathy and understanding we have for each other we can use that as a springboard into future success with our organizations and improve the employee experience in the future of work <laughs> well mike that's fantastic a great illustration there with the movie and it sure has been great talking with you and as you mentioned that movie illustration i was thinking of an 80s movie i saw just a couple of nights ago ferris bueller's day off it's <laughs> bound to be there's bound to be a workplace application there somewhere maybe with our next podcast we'll blend that into the conversation oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you nailed it my friend that's you nailed right it. Oh. that's awesome great job tim <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, thank you uh, for being here on this edition of What's Next, Mike, and for sharing all these great insights with Coronet Global. I appreciate it and very much looking forward to doing this again. Well, thank you, Tim. And if anybody wants to get a copy of that Verdantix report, it's called Employee Experience Defines Business Success in the Hybrid Workplace Era. You can go to iofficecorp.com, look for our resources page. You'll find the report, plus you'll find links to my podcast, The Workplace Innovator. So thank you for that. And thank you, Tim. It's been great talking to you. Yes, sir. Thank you. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.